0: Tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, featuring Bear Reports own Usade Kosho, and sided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. So the Bears need to move at decided to go ahead and get Andy Dalton obviously was what we all expected bye-bye to Kyle Fuller so a couple long time pieces of the Bears going bye-bye what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome into the barely hibernating podcast Chicago's hibernating right now because of a lot of different factors but we're not going to be all right I'm your host Usaid Coach you can follow me on Twitter Instagram Facebook and TikTok at Usaid Coach you'll follow my co hosts AJ Desai and Sam Stevenson on Twitter at sjsteve9 at Decide 4 we've got our first guest on in a couple weeks here, but John Buffone joins us. You can follow him on Twitter at jdbuffone. How's it going, John?
1: Oh, I'm doing great, fellas. Appreciate you having me on, and you know it's it's never the off season when it's the Bears because there's always something to be angry about. So <laughs> it's never there's never an off season with this team. Amen.
0: It is, you know, and it's, it's just interesting because we'll, let's start with the quarterback position because it's, I mean, I labeled it disappointing in a couple articles that I wrote because I was like, Hey, you had all this hype with Russell Wilson, but when that news broke that they're signing Andy Dalton, what did you think? What were your thoughts? Did you expect it at all?
1: No, I mean, you hear the rumors, but the Bears are linked to every quarterback that's available. So you kind of just, you know, you, you kind of just get used to it. Oh, there's an available quarterback. I bet the Bears are interested. Like the Bears are always used as that leverage. And so, oh, uh, he could be to Chicago, could be a target for Chicago. So when I when I heard the news that it actually was finalized and Andy Dalton was going to be coming to the Bears, I, I, I basically tweeted out. And that's, I mean, that's how things work now. But uh, <laughs> initially I just tweeted out, I don't know, I, I'm tired of trying to figure the franchise out. It's never just never going to happen because you can you can put it in your mind that there's going to be this grand plan, you can put it in your mind that this is all plotted out and Ryan Pace is playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers but that's not the case guys he, he's not in the back room thinking oh I meant to draft Kevin White I meant to draft Leonard Floyd and let, and let him go I meant to move up and get Mitch Trubisky I meant to draft Adam Shaheen in the second round and then he went to he went to the Dolphins and got extended <laughs> I, I meant to go get Mike Glennon I meant to go get Nick Foles so I, I, there is no grand plan anymore And anyone who is who is clinging to this is also denying the mood landing and the grassy knoll with the Kennedy assassination there's there's a there's just too much going on to say that oh this is all part of his grand plan. So when I saw this and I feel bad for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a good guy. He's a he's a nice guy. And if you watch his press conference, he's a nice guy. So I feel bad because the initial Twitter reaction and the vitriol and the anger that was spewing out on social media was was going towards him but in reality guys it wasn't towards him. It wasn't directed at Andy Dalton. This was a culmination of frustration of Bears fans. They're frustrated because this this franchise can never get the quarterback position right. They're frustrated because they've been exposed to the likes of Cade McNown and Rex Grossman and Craig Krenzel and Cordell Stewart and Chris Chandler and Brian Greasy and Mitch Trubisky and Mike Glennon and Nick Foles and now Andy Dalton. So there's a there, it was a culmination of frustration of everything that they have been going through. It's frustration that they can't get the they can't have a good offense when they have an offensive guru as their coach. It's frustration that this GM and head coach were retained when the roster might be better suited for a rebuild. They they are they are frustrated because it appears that the Bears strive for mediocrity. Uh, and I'm kind of stealing a line from Dan Orlovsky here, but the Bears would rather nibble on mediocrity than choke on greatness. I'm um, I think Bears fans are tired of the 85 Bears being rammed down their throat as if it just happened last year fellas this happened 36 years ago I don't think anybody on this show was even alive when the 85 Bears were around and yet that's what Bears fans have to cling to they have to cling to the legends and the ghosts of Bears past so I think it's just this culmination of frustration and when you heard that end of the year press conference when you had George and Ted and Matt and Ryan all saying did we get the quarterback position right no, are we going to commit the entire offseason to getting the quarterback position right? Yes. And as of this day in late March, you got Andy Dalton. And that's and that's what the, all that collaboration and that huge table that they were putting everything on, everything's on the table. That table had to be 10 miles long by the time they got everything on it. So, at the end of this at the end of the day, you got Andy Dalton and that set off an emotion in Bears fans that said, "We were hoodwinked again." And so, and and I, and I don't want to hear like a lot of people were defending Ryan Pace. I don't want to call it defense, but they were trying to rationalize it by saying, "Oh, well, he tried. It takes two to trade. What do you expect him to do? He tried. Give him credit for trying." They don't raise banners for trying, guys. They're not going to go to Soldier Field on Week One and give everyone a ring because Ryan Pace tried. This is a big boys' game. Get something done or get the hell out. Because all of this is his doing. All of this is because he screwed this up. So, don't give him credit for trying. He's trying to fix the mess that he created. I'm not going to give you credit for that. So, I think that it just set off all these emotions in Bears fans, including myself, because I've been rambling for probably the last five, 10 minutes here. And I'm sorry for really <laughs> monopolizing the time here. But I just feel like that's what happened. It just triggered that old fashioned emotion in Bears fans where they said, here we go again. You you, know, you notice those names that I read off? I, it was a bunch of it was three first round busts, and then the rest were retreads. Guys who maybe had a little bit of uh, of success on other teams, and the Bears say, "Hey, that's our guy. Mid ooh, mid to late thirties. Come to Chicago. We can maybe squeeze a year out of you." That's kind of what it. That's kind of what it always comes down to. and I think Bears fans in the year of twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one are saying, "Okay, we're done. We're done having hope about this."
2: The Bears need to get a banner next to the Super Bowl banner that says we tried to get Russell Wilson. That's what I'm getting from
1: yeah. tried real hard. Yep. We uh, tried in year
2: in 2021.
3: I'll uh, put the month in February to March
1: 2021. <laughs> Failed. They tried. They tried. Yeah. Make the t-shirts. Wins the parade.
0: <laughs> yeah it's it, it's just like I said it's super disappointing you know and I'll let AJ and Sam kind of go ahead and ask their questions here but it's like you mentioned the you know retreads and stuff and the failed first round projects I mean I was saying this earlier as well where I was like look I don't want Sam Darnold here I don't want Marcus Mariota here because the Bears quarterback situation is so bad that we're at the point where it's just like hey we're willing to accept guys that have quarterbacks that have not panned out on other teams high draft picks as you know, guys that the Bears could possibly revive. And it's just like, there's nothing. I get the Bears have Allen Robinson on offense. They have Darnell Mooney, a couple nice pieces, but none of those guys are going to like legitimately revive one of these young quarterbacks. Well, and and speaking
2: of quarterbacks, is actually kind of one of the questions I want to talk about. Let's talk about Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. You bring Dalton in and, and you still kind of have Foles on this roster. I believe he just got his $4 million bonus. Where do the Bears go from there? Because I, I believe, um, Someone just signed Joe Flacco today, a team that potentially, I think it was Eagles. Eagles. Potentially it was a trade partner for the Bears. What do you do now that you have Foles and Dalton on this roster? Is that the quarterback room you're going to roll out with maybe a rookie that you get in the draft? Or does Foles have trade value at all? Because you committed all this money to Foles. You committed making this move for Foles with the hopes that you were going to get the Philly Magic. And then when Foles stepped in for Mitch... Disaster struck, and, and not all of that fell on Foles. A lot of injuries were happening. I, I mean, there's a one game where the offensive line was completely shredded, but what do you do with Foles now that you have Dalton coming in? And I don't believe Dalton's a huge—honestly, I, I, I don't think he's a much better quarterback than Foles overall, but what do you do with, in essence, two backup quarterbacks?
1: Listen, guys, this is this is the pattern that you see with the Bears. It's Band-Aid on Band-Aid on Band-Aid. Look look, yeah. look at the look at the look at the projection of the last couple of years. You you had to go out. Basically, I mean, I know they weren't the same players, but you, you kind of had to go get Allen Robinson because Kevin White didn't work out. You had to you had to go get uh you had to go get Robert Quinn because you don't think Leonard Floyd worked out. You had to go. uh You had to go. Draft Cole Komet because the Adam Shaheen project didn't work out. You went Nick Foles because Mitch Trubisky wasn't working out. Well, Nick Foles isn't working out, so you gotta you got to throw Andy Dalton onto it. That's not really how you're supposed to keep spending up your salary cap, is making up for your bad mistakes from previous years. So uh, when, you, when you have that quarterback room, and once again uh, – we are in March, and so any a lot of things can still happen here. But who's going to trade for Nick Foles? You going to trade him back to Jacksonville, and then are you going to bring in Gardner Minshew? Are you going to do the ultimate? Well, we want we'd like to we'd like to cash in on our one year warranty on Nick Foles. We'd like to trade him back to Jacksonville because it didn't work out, and we'll, we'll take Gardner Minshew, and then maybe you have to give the pick, or you have to give up a pick or something. But so. Maybe they go out and draft the guy. But, but fellas, this is my biggest fear, and I've been saying this since the middle of last year. If they retain Ryan Pace and they retain Matt Nagy, then there is the real possibility that these are the two guys that you're going to trust to go pick a quarterback in the first round. Whether it's trading up, which they will likely have to do, trading up draft capital to get a guy – and then choose the right guy, which has not really shown hasn't really shown to be a positive on their track record so far. So here's my fear: they trade draft capital, they move up and they draft a guy. They go, well, they added, a, they added a game next year, so they go eight and nine, or they go nine and eight and miss the playoffs. And then Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace get canned. Well, now. You have you're stuck with a quarterback that you invested a lot of draft capital in, and guess who gets stuck with him the next year? The new GM and the new head coach. Much like Matt Nagy got stuck with Mitch Trubisky because he had no part in bringing him to Chicago. That was with the, that was the last year of John Fox, and I know Ryan Pace loved him, but basically he just said, "Hey, Matt, you're coming to Chicago. You're bringing this trans, transcendental offense, and you're gonna have, make it work with Mitch Trubisky." Despite the fact Matt Nagy didn't had, a, had didn't have any say in bringing Mr. Bissie to Chicago, that's what could happen next year with a new head coach and a new GM. And then the the previous regime traded up. So possibly traded your first ever first round pick to move up and get this quarterback. And they're going to say, go ahead, make it work with that guy. And so it's going to, I just, I'm afraid that that vicious cycle is going to repeat itself. Now, if they get the quarterback, right, it's different, but why is, why is bears fans or bears media? Should anyone have confidence that they're going to pick the right guy? Why should anyone just say, "Well, guys, if if they pick the right quarterback, this is all, this is all, this is all meaningless." Yeah, that is that's not meaningless. They haven't gotten the right quarterback in a hundred years. So why why should why should they just be like, "All they all they got to do is go up and get the right guy." Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds real easy. So uh, that my biggest fear is that that this could be a, a cyclical thing where the next gm and the next head coach could potentially get stuck with a quarterback that they don't know how to make work or they don't really want so there there's a there's a lot of possibilities there uh for just another just another three or four year hiccup which is just what the bears do yeah man i mean like like
3: i was a season ticket holder until like a couple days ago i sold my tickets finally to a to a buyer that's going to be um Miserable for the rest of his life. (laughs) I sold him the tickets, so yeah, man. Like I'm excited to get out of that like hellhole of like 21 years of having those tickets, man. So, but like, but but like, you actually took the question out of my mouth, actually. So I mean, like like. That's what I was going to ask. What are the Bears going to do if they pick the wrong guy? You kind of just said the answer right there. And, like, I I don't have any confidence in this front office. Like, after they drafted Mitchell Trubisky second overall by giving what? I think it was uh, three or four draft selections, right? Uh, Just to move up one spot, right? And, like, to me, like, going into this draft, which is, like, less than a month away, right, John, Uh, I don't have any confidence in Ryan Pace picking the, the quarterback. Um, like, I, I just don't know what, what else to say because you would a higher answer. But, <laughs> well, but,
1: no, I mean, you, you, you bring up a good point, and I think, that, I think that's also the points of frustration that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It comes down to they retain these two guys, and you're yeah. going to be frustrated because you're trusting them to make a very big move for the franchise, and you don't even think they're going to be here. How many Bears fans honestly think that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are coming back after next year? I I think a small, small percentage thing, and the only way that they do is if they do go up and they get uh, a high-draft quarterback. Now, they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but they can get one of the other four. They can move up and get one of those guys, Mm -hmm. and then – At the end of the year, maybe they go eight, nine or nine and eight. Maybe they squeak into one of those extra playoff spots they created just for Chicago last year. And they say, they go to, they go to George and Ted at the end of the season. They say, listen, you can't get rid of us yet. We just drafted our guy, especially if you're going to use Andy Dalton as that bridge quarterback or you're going to use Nick Foles as whatever you start Andy Dalton for six, seven, eight games. Then you bring in your high-profile rookie. He finishes the season. Maybe he shows flashes. Maybe he doesn't. And then you go to the front office at the end of the year and say, guys, you can't pull the plug on us yet. We only got this guy four starts. He's showing some real promise. Look what the offense looked like under this guy. You got to give us at least 2022 to show you what we can do with that. And all of a sudden, you get another year of of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So there's a lot of ways that this goes sour.
3: Yeah, I really think the ownership is just at this point. It's just like I don't think they're going to get anyone better than these two. So they're just going to keep on retaining these guys. Like, can you can you sit there as a Bears fan? And, like, guys, this is, like, for the people in the chat too. Can you sit there in, as a Bears fan and expect this team to go out and make a pitch to, like, a guy like Ozzie Newsom? I can't. I can't not even our personal players want to come into our front office and become a president of the football operations because of how toxic the ownership is. You have Lance Briggs, Lance Briggs be so clear about it. You see Matt Forte be so clear about it. Right. And like, I, I, there was a couple of players that reacted to these couple of signings. Right. I don't, I don't know. They probably deleted their tweets or something like that, but like, you, you know, it's just the frustration that like, you know, you're talking about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson for a week or two. And then what happens on the second day of free agency, Sammy? You said they go out and they get Andy Dalton, and it's just it's not it's not something that we expected. I thought you know the Bears would go out and actually offer the farm to Seattle if they actually cared about winning and actually cared about bringing the Super Bowl to Chicago. Turns out like you know like Seattle's not stupid. John Snyder's not stupid. He's going to bleed Chicago out to dry. Like he's like they're probably going to wait till draft day. This is what Seattle's probably looking for: four, four first-round picks. You can only do that on draft day. Two second-round picks, two third-round picks, and two defensive players. They're not going to let an MVP Super Bowl winner, Russell Wilson, go for anything less than that. Like if Ryan Pace is trying to become a wizard in this, he's not going to success success being a wizard in this. And if you want to go to the Deshaun Watson road, that's like six first-round picks. I don't even think that's like a realistic draft offer. But like John, like. You answer that question. But the second question I have is, um, like, going away from the quarterback position, um, what's the plan after um, cutting Kyle Fuller, after not trying to trade him? Like, you know, like, we've seen it with Fuller. uh, We've seen it with Nick Foles last year. Like, we traded for him, right, and we were able to restructure that contract. Why wasn't a team ready to give, like, a a third or fourth-round pick take that contract and restructure it was it something about financials or was it just like they knew Chicago
1: was going to cut Kyle Fuller and then they jumped on it basically it might be and we'll probably talk about Akeem Hicks in a second but it's probably that same thing where they thought that there's the assumption that you know what let the Bears figure this out yeah and if they can't then he's gonna hit the open market if we really want Kyle Fuller we'll go get him and I think when he signs with the Broncos for what nine and a half million on a one year deal. Uh I don't know I don't I don't know if anyone is gonna restructure him down. He was due twenty million. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's gonna take a restructure down to nine and a half on his current contract. He would take that one year deal with with Vic Fangio, by the way, who I'm sure he loves. So uh Mm -hmm. once again, guys, this is really why I thought this roster was better fit for a rebuild because now you're chipping away at the strength of your team. The strength of this team is the defense, and you just lost one of your leaders off there. So now your cornerback room looks like Jalen Johnson. They go out and they sign Desmond Trufant. Okay, whatever. Kendall Vildor's there. They I think they still have the rights to uh, Trey Roberson, who they really like from the CFL, but he ended up getting hurt before the season. He's still there, but it, and and this is unrelated but related, guys. They must really like Jimmy Graham. Because Jimmy Graham's still on this roster, and they would have saved $7 million by letting him go. They must really like what Jimmy Graham does in the locker room or does for Cole Komet. I don't know how well he's going to perform at the age of 35 next year, but they must really like uh, Jimmy Graham. And And I'm not saying that if they would have cut Jimmy Graham, they could keep Kyle Fuller but maybe, I, I i don't know, I'm not a capologist, I'm not crunching the numbers, I, I'm not inside that front office, but listen guys, my my Uncle Doug played for this team for 15 years, and then he was broadcasting for this team after the fact and he said it best when he said, this team the Chicago Bears, they hire losers and they, they try to pour gravy on bad meat, and that's exactly what they try to do, they try to package things up that you know you know this team is not a Super Bowl contender, but they're going to give you some window dressing and they're going to give you some really good, uh, they're going to give you some really good coach speak and they're going to make you believe and then they go out and they, they cut Kyle Fuller and now the corner the cornerback position is is a real question mark I don't know what they're going to get out of Desmond Trufant I don't know if they're going to address it in the draft if I'm going to give Ryan Pace any sort of credit on things he is able to find defensive gems in the draft, you look at you look at guys like Roy Robertson, Harris and Eddie Goldman and Eddie Jackson. Uh, so he is able to blow Nichols. He's able to find these guys later in the draft. So maybe that's what they're going to try to do this year. But man, whenever you hear your team president and owner say they have to see progress in 2021 or they need to see, you know, a, a, you know, moving forward or positive, a positive movement. I don't know if the, I don't know if the, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be much better whenever you cut your best cornerback and then you, you you're gonna be rolling in with a quarterback that you're not sure is even an upgrade. So it's a, the the defense gets weaker and uh Ooh. and you're not sure if you really upgraded your offense at all.
0: Yeah, the defense getting weaker is interesting, especially because it's a couple of weeks ago that Ryan Pace was like, oh, well, the defense and the coaching staff are the strength of our team. And then you kind of look at it, you know, you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, as well this year. So you're essentially looking at, hey, you know, Sean, you've been here since the Mark Trustman days. You've seen this defense built firsthand. Now you're asking a first-year defensive coordinator, just make the most of what you have. You know, and I really like Desai, by the way, but I just don't think like there's – they're setting no one up in the building for success. And it's just like AJ and I've kind of ranted about this multiple times on the podcast. It's just like the Bears are an organization, especially when it comes to ownership. They make decisions a year too early or they make them a year too late.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if I can just piggyback on that. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And when you look at this defense, guys, I know that I know they get Eddie Goldman back next year. And that's and that is big. Uh, but. You're looking. This is another instance of these the the Bears wasting a, an elite defense because they can never figure it out on offense. You're looking at some of these guys and some of their ages. Like Khalil Mack's going to be on the on the wrong edge of thirty. Akeem Hicks is going to be thirty two years thirty two years old in the middle of the season. Robert Quinn's going to be thirty one when the season starts. Uh, Danny Trevathan is going to be thirty one. Depending on when you're listening to it to this podcast, he may already be thirty one because his birthday is on March twenty fourth. So there there's. the the possibility that this defense continues to regress because some of the big players are on the wrong side of 30. And we saw this happen with Erlacher and Briggs and to a lesser extent, Hunter Hillenmeyer and some of these guys, the guy that got older as time went by and uh, with uh, Peanut and all these guys. You got a window with a defense and they're on the back end of that window. Can the offense keep up? And right now, my, my, my answer is no. And now they, they lose one of their best players on defense, which is the strength of the team.
2: So uh, you actually kind of answered part of a question of mine when you brought up Jimmy Graham, which I'm, I'm glad you did because I'm still scratching my head wondering why the heck he's still on this team. You look at the rest of free agency, and obviously there's plenty of time for bears to create cap space. I mean, I think right now they don't even have enough cap space to sign the rookie class. So I, I'm assuming cuts and moves are going to be still being made. Do we see Pace making any splashy moves? There was speculation and stuff from Schefter that we were going to go for Galladay, that uh, a deal was offered. You know, the Bears have been in on guys like Isaiah McKenzie. Like, are we going to see a lot of what happened last year, one-year deals with reserve offense alignment and plugs in a defense? Or do we think Pace is going to make another move at free agency like he did with Robert Quinn? Because. I'm under the impression that we're going to fill a couple of spots with some older veterans. Try to draft, you know, assuming he's going to trade up and roll with what he's got. But but what do you think? I mean, is it's pace got another another card under his sleeve that we're not aware of?
1: I just don't know how this. I don't know how the space is there. And, and honestly, you only get so many bad signings, and the Robert Quinn one's eating up quite a bit of cap. And you know, when you're you, uh, uh, Khalil Max, a great player, but eating up a lot of the cap, and a lot of the guys on defense are eating up a lot of the cap. So. It, if you were if they were going to do this whole you know transition the power over to the offense then you have to rebuild and you have to get rid of those guys but they didn't the only person they got rid of Kyle was Kyle Fuller and they didn't trade him they cut him and then they didn't I don't know and they did that basically to get under the cap they didn't do that really to free up to go sign somebody else so I don't envision a big splash because I just don't know how they do it. I mean, if they do cut Jimmy Graham, maybe they can go out and get a mid-level one, uh mid-level free agent, but I just don't know how you bolster this team right now outside of the draft. And that's scary because you don't, these first I mean, rookies aren't going to, not all the rookies are to come in and make a huge difference in 2021, and so once again, is this a lame duck year? Is this simply a lame duck year where you're going to let Ryan and Matt finish out their contracts, and then you go out and you and you get to you go out and you get who you want the next year? So uh, maybe it looks like Akeem Hicks is staying, but if, if if they want a really clear space to go sign with someone, he could be a, he could be another casualty. So I, I honestly can't envision where they go out and they get they're always linked to somebody because you know why? Because the bears always need somebody. They're always linked to someone because they need someone. So it's, it, it comes down to, Oh, they're going to get Galladay. They couldn't have give. they, I don't think they can give the, the contract to Galladay The, the, the giants gave to him there. I think they were talking about a one year deal. So I, uh, I, I just I can't envision them bringing in any more firepower or at least meaningful firepower. They went out and they, like you said, they 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 went out and they get these veterans on the on a one year minimum. They went out and they got uh, Elijah Wilkinson today, who was a a pretty not or I don't know if it's yesterday or today, but a uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, offensive lineman for Denver. He can be a swing tackle, but they said he's more suited for guard. I don't know if the Bears need any more depth at guard as much as they would probably need it at tackle. Uh, but if they go and they assign Jermaine Fetty back to another year. He might be your starting right tackle this year. Uh, so you're, I think you are going to see a lot of these Minimum one year deals come in, kind of like what they kind of like what they did last year with uh, with Barcavius Mingo, and they brought in Artie Burns, who unfortunately got hurt before the season started, uh, and uh, maybe some, maybe uh, a couple of these low level two year deals. But I just, I, I hope I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not rooting for this to not happen, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's fair point.
0: Yeah, it's certainly tough, you know. But we gotta, um, before we get you out of here, we have to ask, right? Just what do you think? And I know you've touched on this a bit, right? But Susie, what's your prediction for what happens in the first round with that 20th overall pick? Do you think that they're moving up for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, or maybe even Trey Lance, or do you think that they're just going to stand Pat? Like what's your prediction for the draft?
1: I think as it stands, this team and Ryan Pace, I should say Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have to do something in the quarterback position after promising a lot and, Bears fans having a glimmer of hope if you listen if you give Bears fans an inch they're going to take a mile so if you if you float out the fact that you might get Russell Wilson float out the fact that you might try to go after Russell or uh, excuse me Deshaun Watson. There was earlier ones that, you know, they were attached to Carson Wentz, which they really didn't. That was kind of divided. But they were talking about you know, Derek Carr. And all those guys would be upgrades, as far as I'm concerned. Wentz has a little bit of a high, has a little bit of a high uh, price tag, so I wouldn't have been overly thrilled about that. But I think they have to. And I think what you're going to see is they're going to wait and see. I think they, I mean, it's such a cliche to say, let the draft come to you. But everyone thinks that all five of these guys are going to go in the top ten. we always see somebody fall. And so, who is it? Who is it going to be? That's who. Who. Who can they trade up to get that? Maybe they don't have to trade a first next year's first round pick or two seconds. If if so, if if Trey Lance falls to twelve or thirteen, and the Bears only have to move up six, seven, eight spots, I don't think it's necessarily going to take a first rounder to do it. But is that the guy that you're going to feel comfortable going with? Do you feel comfortable with Trey Lance coming to Chicago? Now, we have a lot of guys at the Barroom Network who are, who are draft analysts, and they say at all five of those guys, including Mac Jones, would be fine. That would be They, they would be fine with the Bears going out and getting any of them. I, I haven't done enough research on it, but I, I, I have my doubts. that Guys, statistically speaking, five quarterbacks taken in the first round, at least half of them ain't going to work out. I mean, you don't have a draft class where all five of them turn into Hall of Famers. I mean, you you could go the whole way back to the Elway draft, but there's a reason why they made a thirty for thirty out of that draft. So there's you can you can talk about how all five of these guys could do well in the NFL, but if you're but if you're the Bears and you're thinking, well, we'll take whoever slips, then you're not really doing much research. You're just saying, well, if these guys fall to thirteen or fourteen, maybe we'll trade a second round pick or two second round picks. We'll go up and get Trey Lance, or if Mac Jones is still there at fifteen or sixteen, we're gonna we're gonna swap seconds and they'll give you two thirds and we'll go up and we'll get Mac Jones. Uh, but I, uh, that if, if we want to talk if we uh, and Sam asked me about uh, splash moves, I just think the splash move is probably better suited for the draft. I just think that's what that's, that's where they can make a move. That's where they can yeah. trade things and go up and get a flashy player. Uh, I think that they absolutely will. If as long as you know, it, all five don't go in the, in the top 10 uh, I think there's a real possibility. They do that. If not, do you do you take Andy Dalton on and, and Nick Foles for one year, and then maybe draft a guy on day two, like a, a Kellen Mond out of Texas A and M, who shows flashes and shows that he can he can you know take a game over, but really has some consistency issues? Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to draft the project behind Andy Dalton and Nick Foles? Uh, I, I I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would say that they if things fall out if things fall into their place a little bit, they'll definitely move up and try to get a quarterback in the first round. And it saves their job and it saves their job or well, at least they think it will might save their job for another year because you got to play Dalton for a while. You don't give the guy $10 million for one year and keep Nick Foles on the roster. You're, Andy Dalton is going to be your week one starter. So you you might not see that rookie. Well, you might not see him at all. And and then or you might see him uh, when the Bears are out of playoff contention in week nine, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to week 18. I guess they're going to have next year. So uh, and then you see him for a couple games and they say, listen, guys. We drafted this guy. We know what he's capable of. You got to give us one more year. And then we're, you, all of us will be doing this exact same show in, in, in 2022 at this exact same time.
2: We'll be
0: in the twilight zone at that
1: point. Yep, it really is.
0: We will, you know, so it just it's its just frustrating because it's just like this rookie quarterback just that I know is probably on its way. Right. Just makes me think that this whole thing, the whole press conference and everything, it was never a one year plan. It was always going to be a two year plan. I feel like if you're Ted and George, you kind of knew that going into this whole thing anyway, saying, hey, listen. So they whiffed on one guy, but now you have Nagy and Pace that are working together. And my biggest fear, honestly, is they well, here's my observation: Nagy was in Kansas City when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously, no one knew Mahomes was going to turn into what he would have; otherwise, everyone would have ranked have him ranked as the best overall player in that class ahead of Miles Garrett, you know. But I think what's going to really happen is they will play Dalton for whatever, 15, 16 games, and let that rookie go with, like, you know, and play, like, one or two games at the end there because that's what, you know, Nagy – that's how Nagy handled the situation in Kansas City. I think the same approach is going to happen here, especially if it's a guy like Trey Lance.
1: What – and, guys, do you believe that you bring in a rookie? And, listen, I think Matt Nagy came to Chicago – and I think that he fully expected what he did to Kansas City was going to work in Chicago, and he just did not have that kind of talent here. There isn't a Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and the offensive line and, and uh, the, the the slew of running backs they had to go through there. That amount of talent's not really at in Chicago, and it didn't work. So, what makes you think that this team, Ryan, Pay- uh, when I say team, I mean you know Matt and Ryan, can go out and pick a guy? that they know is going to work. What they didn't they collaborate last year to bring in Nick Foles. They <laughs> traded for the guy. They traded for him. They could have signed Andy Dalton if they would have did the, if they would have actually waited, if they would have let the market actually, you know, adjust itself like most teams should do, let the te- let the let the market cool down and see who's left. No. They had to go out and they had to trade for Nick Foles because that was their guy and he knew the offense and he had familiarity. Guys, where have we heard this before? We like him. He has familiarity with one of the coaches. He's a good locker room guy and uh, and all the all the you know the reviews on him is he's not going to lose you any games. He's but uh, he might not win you any games. Where have we heard that before? It's exactly what we heard about Nick Foles. He knew he knew John DiFilippo. he had experience with Bill Lazor, knows Matt Nagy. Well, and Andy Dalton knows Bill Lazor and he he was his quarterback coach and offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. And everyone's talking about this familiarity that Andy Dalton has with Bill Lazor. You really if you look at the numbers that he had with Bill Lazor, it's not like he was setting the world on fire. He only threw for over 4000 yards once, which I get would be one more than any other Bears quarterback in the history of the franchise, but still, he threw for 4000 yards one time in that 3 years period and the highest that his best uh, statistics were 25 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That I mean if Nick Foles ever was able to start an entire season, that sounds a lot like what Nick Foles would be thrown. If Nick Foles was able to actually start 16, 17 games, which probably will never happen. But if he were basically kind of sounds like the stats that he might have. So basically they, they, they signed and I'm, I'm being a bit overdramatic here, but they basically signed Nick Foles with better hair. That's, yeah. it. so that's what it's, it, what it came down to. And so they have two aging bridge quarterbacks, they're gonna bring they're gonna bring in a young guy. I honestly believe that they're gonna go out and they're gonna they're gonna bring in a young guy, and that's gonna be their ticket to maybe saving saving their butts for one more year. Mm-hmm. Maybe even two, because honestly, if you yeah. even if you get a rookie
3: quarterback, I think that saves Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job for at least two years. And if you actually go out and you have the uh, cojones to go out and get like a Russell Wilson or. Or something like that. That saves their job for, like, even longer than two years. So, I mean, like, they can play this either way that they want. I, I think they know that their job is not at risk even even after the signing and after uh, even after the signing of any Dalton. Like, I don't think it's the culture AJ.
1: It's the culture that everyone loves the culture. It's the culture that all these teams strive for. You know, that culture where you don't win anything for 36 years, almost four decades teams strive for that. You know, that, that culture that the bears have, I'm so tired, by the way, you pissed off one of your culture guys in Akeem Hicks. You thought yep. he was part of maybe part of that Russell Wilson trade, and then he wasn't part of the trade, and then they let him seek permission for a trade, and then they might cut him. You want to keep talking about cultures and a guy that is a leader on the field and off the field. Akeem Hicks is the heart and soul of that defense when it comes down to how he personifies that defense. And you just, uh, culture. Yeah, you, you just ticked off one of your best culture guys. You let go of your best cornerback. Yeah, <laughs> What culture? Crazy. What culture? There's I'm there's tired no culture of hearing about all.
3: it. These fans, these fans on Twitter, I don't even tweet a lot, John, right? Like um, uh, 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 Sam and you said can, uh, can attest for that too. Like, because like, well, every time a fan brings up like culture, culture, you want to bring some nice guys culture? in, like that, right? Dude, who cares, man? Like a culture is only formed when you have a winning team. That's it. What culture, if man? I if you're, mean, you, if you're losing games. If you're losing games, no one gives a not, no one gives no one gives a flying fuck about culture. No one cares. <laughs> like it's no it's, even even like even John, even like the best, like the kind-hearted player, right? Like, all right, subtract Khalil, man, because he doesn't even care, man. Like, all right, subtract him out of it. But like, you you talk about the mix You just talked about him, right? He's just like, man. I love the Chicago Bears. Two years ago, now, like you said, uh, seek the trade, and now, now, or something like that. Now he's going to stay, and like, y- you know, I don't, I don't, guys, I, I don't believe in that culture
1: crap. I don't. The only thing, the only thing you have to know about this culture is how Bears fans react to former Bears that they like. Whenever yeah. Kyle Long decided he was coming out of retirement, basically, and it, I'm not, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing, but basically, a lot of Bears fans said. I hope you come back and stick it in our face. And then they and then they're saying the same thing to Trubisky and Buffalo. I hope he comes back and lights our ass up. What does that say about how you feel about your team? How does that say what does that say about how Bears fans respect the front office? And I think Kyle Long loves the Chicago Bears. I think he loves Chicago fans. I think he doesn't like Matt Nagy. And I, think that, and I think the same could be said yeah. for a couple of players where they love Chicago, they love the town the, uh, the and the fans and, the, and the, 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 you know, the atmosphere that Soldier Field can bring. They, I don't think they like the guys that are heading the ship sometimes. Yeah. And so whenever you, have, whenever you have fans say, I hope Kyle Long comes back and kicks our ass. I hope Mr. Biskey starts for whoever and next year, uh, after he leaves Buffalo, comes back and sticks it in the Bears' face. That's all you got to know. It's like you, you want a guy to come beat your team <laughs> because you feel like you did him wrong. That says a lot about what your confidence in the front office and 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 the coaching staff.
0: Hey, right. listen. So we're gonna get you out of here. Thanks for being on, though. Again, you know, let us know if you ever need anything. We'll definitely have you on. Um, you know, in the uh, future.
1: Hey guys, I really appreciate this. I could. We'll talk bears every every day, man. There's always something to complain about, and there's always something to be pissed off about. So I appreciate you guys having me on anytime. Reach out.
3: Absolutely, John. Absolutely. Tons of fun.
1: <laughs> take care fellas appreciate you boss all
0: right so that was john buffon of the bears bar room you can follow him on twitter at g JD buffon. yo that was a lot of fun and here's the reality yeah. of the situation right is i mean again we knew the bears were gonna suck going into the year anyway i mean my biggest takeaway for 2021 is i'm ready for 2022 at this point yep hoping that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are fired I might even be ready for 2023 at this point because let's be real like if you bring Pace and Nagy back like you know we talked about with John all you're doing at that point is just wasting two more years of the franchise but yo we mentioned Mitch Trubisky that end of the era is finally gone AJ I'll start with you on this one but yo give us your favorite Mitch memory and Sam I see the look on your face so you're going next
3: Dude, okay, so when me and Austin were at the Bears game, this was the Bears and Saints game, right? We're watching this this team absolutely get plummeted to the ground, right? And the favorite memory that I have, and this came conveniently after the fact when um, Sean Payton was mocking Tariq Cohen um, on the sideline, and then – I think it was the next play. Trubisky threw an incompletion, and me and Austin made a video in the mid third quarter. And um, I was just, I-, I was just shaking my head, um, doing that LeBron retainer shit, like um, uh, poking it out and putting it back in, and all of that. And then I turned the camera over to Austin, and he's like, "We're garbage," and I'm like. We are garbage. So, like, I, I think, I, I think, um, and and the, and then that incomplete pass, if I remember correctly, it was intended for Allen Robinson and just sailed like seven yards over his head. Like, I was just at a at a awe that, like, just watching that game, just 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 like the memory as a whole. Trubisky, Trubisky killed every fan in that stadium except the people that supported him. But I'll just leave it at that.
2: My uh, my first memory of Mitch. So so going into the draft, I was a junior in high school, and um, I I was very big on Deshaun Watson, and he had won the national championship. And I was like, man, the Bears are in a spot. Like I, I was kind of I, I wasn't very much into like the sports where I am now, where like I kind of understand the draft a little bit more. Like I was like, man, we might get Jamal Adams. Like we could get like uh, I don't know who else. We are. I was like, oh, there's so many good quarterbacks. Like we're in a good spot. Um, and I remember I was at I was at a lacrosse game for my high school, and and there's a varsity game, there's a JV game. The varsity game got done, so I was sitting for the JV game, and my dad's in the stands, and I told him, you know, when the JV game starts, let me know who the Bears picked because I was gonna miss the first round pick. And my dad yells over to me, and he goes, "You guys drafted Mitch Trubisky," and I go, "Who the fuck is Mitch Trubisky?" (laughs) And I and I remember getting really excited after watching glennon play after watching glennon play a couple games and the bears twitter account tweeted out "Mitch Trubisky will start against the minnesota vikings i think that was his first game and i was pumped i was like oh my gosh like this is it let's see what this kid's got and you know the season kind of ended and i'm like all right he wasn't great but like he was pretty fun to watch and i was like this this kid's got a little game to him i'm excited and holy shit have eyes my my eyes been open the past couple years um He is a great guy. He is is athletic. He is not a great quarterback. And I, 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 I mean, I can't even remember how many times this year he'd make the same mistakes. And me and my brother would just be like, oh, Mitch, there's the Mitch we know and love. And he started going on that three game winning streak and people were saying, oh, does he deserve an extension? Is he playing for his job? And they're like, no, he's just playing bad defenses that he should throw three touchdowns against. And sure enough, they got to Week 17 against the Packers, and he looked terrible. And we got to the Saints, and he threw a garbage time touchdown. And obviously, the Javon Wims drop was bad too. But I I am happy that he is going to have an opportunity to hopefully kickstart his career in Buffalo. And, and if Brian, DeBull, I tweeted about it, Brian Debo becomes a head coach next year, and Mitch can figure out that system. At least maybe he's got a guy that he can bring in, but. Sayonara, Mitch. I I will not miss you as our starting quarterback. But I I don't hate Mitch. He's not a hateable guy, but not a great quarterback. Uh, Total swing and a mess there, pace.
0: I had always, you know, that 2017 draft, because I was a freshman at um, College of DuPage at the time, and I'm super hyped up because I'm like, hey, this is the highest pick the Bears have had since 1972. And I actually started my sports journalism career like five years ago, You know, it's going to be about five years in April. And so for me, it was big because I was like, you know, one of the first ever articles I wrote, I'm like, hey, listen, everyone's bashing the bears for trading up, you know, two-thirds and a fourth-round pick to grab Mitch Trubisky, whereas you look at what did the Texans do? What did the Chiefs do? They traded future first-round picks. And so my whole thought process was, yo, the Trubisky trade was never as bad as it seems. It's all about what came afterwards. And I always thought that, you know, 2017, 2018, I was like, hey, if they can get some solid receivers, if Nagy can figure them out, especially in 2017 after Kevin White got hurt, I was like, you know what? if they get some receivers and some playmakers and an offensive coach that can figure him out, he can be pretty good because he always had it, right? He was always an athlete, but he just could never put the football side of things together. I would say though, I don't necessarily have a favorite memory of Mitch Trubisky just because his career was so up and down. But if I had to list the favorite memory, it would probably be the six touchdown game against the Bucks, which ironically is always going to be his best game in a Bears uniform. It's just that that, That game came at the worst time because the Bears had a week five bye in 2018. And so part of me does wonder like, hey, what would have happened had Mitch thrown that six touchdown game? And then they rolled into like Miami the next week and then the Patriots the week after that. You know, would we have seen some momentum build? Because this is a league where it's just like one or two dominoes got to fall. And then all of a sudden things go your way or things don't go your way. And I'd always known of Mitch Trubisky during the 2017 draft just because, again, that's when I started like scouting and stuff. But again, dude, it was just like for a guy that was picked that high, I mean, and then the two guys that were taken after him, your consensus number one guy should have been Deshaun Watson. I don't care what the national media says, but it was a damn disappointing career. And to this day, and I know AJ is going to chime in here on this, right? To this day, I have no idea why some fans would rather have Mitch Trubisky over Jay Cutler to this day. And I was telling our boy Raul Bennington about this in the DMs after Mitch pretty much like stumbled in that week one 2019 loss against the Packers. I'm like, dude, these guys literally freaking saying their praises for Mitch Trubisky before the kid even took the um the football field. And yet they still bash and run Jay Cutler out of town. Like Jay still playing for the Bears.
3: Yeah, man. I I love Jay Cutler. I miss Jay Cutler so much right now. And it's just because that, like, when you look at the entire situation, when we cut Jay Cutler, granted, he was injured. But, you know, you could have let him get healthy, and he would have been better than goddamn Mike Glennon. You know, you cut him, and you gave the money to Mike Glennon. And that that product didn't work out, so that was Ryan Pace's number one. And then after that, what happened was uh, he goes out and gets Trubisky, Fail, and then a year later he goes out. Or a couple of years later he goes out and gets uh, Nick Foles, and then a couple a couple days earlier he goes out and gets Andy Dalton. So if you really look at the entire situation since twenty fifteen, you say it, it's it's a it's a uh, what lingering issue since Ryan Pace has been hired as a GM. Like as John said when we had him on for the first half of the podcast, man, um, the Chicago Bears, no matter who's in charge um, as the GM they're never going to change the quarterback issue as long as who's, who's in charge of the front office. Um, and I firmly believe that. As long as Virginia McCaskey and George McCaskey and Ted Phillips are in charge of the Chicago Bears, this team is not going anywhere. You cannot expect this team to go anywhere with that type of leadership. And um, I've been I've been vocal about that, and people have been telling me that like it's not because of that, but it is because of that. That's how NFL teams are ran. But going back to the entire thing about Jay Cutler, man, I missed that dude, and right now we're paying for it because the guy could have paid, could have played out his entire seven-year contract and retired to Chicago Bear, and could have um, ride rode his horse off to Tennessee where he lives right now. Um, he didn't have to go play in Miami. He didn't have to come out of retirement or anything like that. He could have just played out his um, his deal in Chicago and could have been the perfect bridge for Mitchell Trubisky. But Ryan Pace didn't see that. And um, and if you were if, and if you're only going to p- play Mike Glennon for five games, what was the point of giving them 15 million dollars guaranteed when you already gave a quarterback um, that like a lot of guaranteed money? I think it was 54 million on Jay's contract when he, after that 2013 season. And, you know, to me, if you would have just kept him, he would have developed Mitchell Trubisky better. People back then, like Sam, like, I don't know if you would agree with this, but back then a lot of fans had like a impression of Jay Cutler. Like he's not that help helping person. He doesn't want, like you would see him on the sidelines. Like he would get up and walk away from his offensive corner. But like, I see the opposite of Jay Cutler, man. I see a guy that wants to help someone and wants to carry on the torch or someone, but like, I don't think Chicago ever gave Jay Cutler a chance to be a bridge. And if he, if he was given that chance, I think it would have been a better thing for Mitchell Trubisky in terms of his development, because like if Rob help permitting Jay Cutler stayed healthy for 10 or 14 games, then Mitch never sees the field in 2017. And we don't know what he brings in 2018. It could have be something deeper. So, I mean, I think, you know, going back to the entire Rex Ryan thing, You know, I'm starting to like, you know, watch some tape and all that. I think Matt Nagy, he threw it all on this Trubisky guy, man. Like, I don't know, but like, we will never know the in deep of the the organization, but I just hate this entire team. So fuck this team. I don't want to fuck this team. (laughs)
0: You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk to I should talk to the homies over at um Teespring, right? And then see if we can get like a whole merchandise collection going. I actually came up with a funny nickname for Sam, so I'm gonna call you Sunshine Sam from now on.
3: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one.
0: Don't worry, I will have to dig yeah. it up, but I have a picture of me in think it was first or second grade and I'm wearing a green shirt and I'm dressed like a sunflower and I'm smiling, right? And like part of my tooth is chips, So uh, that's what I found today. But yo, getting back to the bears here, right? Look, it's just the whole thing is frustrating, right? Because yeah. I talked to people who covered the bears when... Jay Cutler was here and they'll tell me this he was the nicest person on the planet. So he had this yeah, whole misconception. Dude. I see Sam's copying me and has Hoodie Gang in the house. That's the official term now. Hoodie Gang like Big Daddy okay. Energy, okay? Which if you're not bringing Big Daddy Energy, what are you even doing? Um But well, yo, let's talk. I
3: put all my other way, dude. It's the spring. I put all my other way, bro. I only got one and it's a Chicago Bears one. I don't want to wear that hoodie on this podcast. I got right.
0: my other Bears one, dude, on my freaking mattress right there because I Do not make my bed, bro, when I get up in the morning because it's gotten to a point where, like, my parents just don't give a damn anymore. But, y'all, anyways, right, getting back into Bears talk here, you have to understand, right, is that there's still a number of free agents out there that, theoretically, I would like to see the Bears sign. I mean, if anything, dude, I... The only free agents I want at this point are like Mitchell Schwartz, right? Right tackle for the – well, former right tackle for the Chiefs, played for the Browns. He was with Matt Nagy in Kansas City. Like, yo, give me Mitchell Schwartz. Give me DeMarcus Robinson as well because if you're going to try and replicate what the Chiefs are doing, which is, again, what the Bears and Matt Nagy are trying to do, you need to bring in guys that played in that system for so many years.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think I've been on the DeMarcus Robinson train since – the, I mean, before the Super Bowl. and. I think the fact that the chiefs have been linked to so many receivers shows that they're probably out on guys like Robinson. I don't know what Bryson Pringle's contract looks like. I don't know if he's a free agent, but that's another guy from the chiefs. I'd like to see the bears, you know, the bears missed out on Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, the deal that McKenzie got was chump change. He got basically nothing. And I was a guy who would have been a really nice fit on the bears team. So I want the Bears to go and find, you know, it would be nice to get a veteran offensive tackle. It would be nice to get a veteran wide receiver. I just don't want them to spend too much money. And I'm concerned that at this point, there's no, I mean, what is the, what is the, what is, what's the word I'm trying to think of? What is captivating about the Bears at this point? That's it. That one, Zero. Besides being, playing for a big market team. If you want to go play for a big market team, Jets got money. I mean, I know obviously they're not great, but they it's a New York team. Like I understand, like the city of Chicago is beautiful. It's a, it's a great place. You know, I'm sure every bears fan and knows that going to a bears game, there's a different atmosphere and walking the streets of Chicago is fun. Going to a bears game and stuff and, you know, city at night. But in terms of the organization itself, I mean, we've hit it on the head earlier, but like, what is, I mean, the bears have tried, but they not, at the end of the day, like that's not going to get us anywhere. So, yeah, bottom line, I do want the Bears to go out and find a couple of veteran spots to fill in some of these gaps. We got to find the money first. I think, I don't remember who tweeted out, but apparently the Bears have $1.5 million in cap space right now, available cap that they can use. You can't even sign your rookie class with that. You got to find enough money to sign your rookie class, and now you still got to find money to address these positional needs. I mean, I know the Bears just signed that guy from Denver, but like that's not a permanent solution. That's a Rashad Coward replacement, which a wet blanket could block better than Rashad Coward. I mean, I think we all know that. So uh, it's just, it's a tough, tough spot to be in right now as a Bears fan because there just doesn't seem to be a lot of hope. And I I don't think that all spirals from the Dalton signing, but I feel like everything has gone downhill since Andy Dalton. And, And again, it's not Andy Dalton's fault. The dude, dude probably got on the phone with his agent and said, Hey, the Bears are offering you $10 million. And he said, you're lying. There's no way they're offering me $10 million. And they said, no, they're offering you $10 million plus incentives. And he probably high-fived his agent and said, suckers? Thanks for, thanks for $10 million. So, I don't know. It's it's disheartening. But I, I am hoping that Pace can make some moves here and, and just address these needs, at least for this season. I, I don't want to watch my team get destroyed, but I think you said it perfectly. You said this is going to be a tough 2020, 2021 year unless something miraculous happens.
0: It, it just is – like, there's zero. Hole. Here's the thing. So, if you were to, prior to cutting Kyle Fuller, if you were to ask me, what do you think of the Bears' roster? I would tell you, you know what? It's a solid roster, but they have a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball, which again has been the theme since the 2019 season ended anyway. So, we're going like, what, two years on to the exact same theme in terms of, yeah, you know, solid roster, but they just need work on the offensive side of the ball. But what I will say is this is I think with where the Bears are at, they're kind of going through. So, there's two things that happens in the nfl right there's teams who retool and then they reload and when you retool you're essentially reloading for a championship run it's like what the saints did back in the day right so like they win the super bowl they make the playoffs they go seven and nine for three straight years and then you have a draft where you get ryan ramshick you get andrews pete you get over a course of a number of years you get alvin kamara and michael thomas and then you rebuild that defense up with guys like trey Hendrickson. Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, even that's what you do, right? So you draft real well for three, four years, and then you're competitive, you know, and now you still have some of those guys on your roster. The issue, though, is that the Bears keep trying to like plug in veterans and just consistently plug in guys to a system that's already failed. So instead of kind of using this offseason to say, you know what, screw being active in free agency, what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to go ahead and we're just going to. You know, our major moves are going to come in the draft, and we're just going to use 2021 and 2022 to reload, right? The roster, in addition to a 2020 draft class, which, by the way, produced three year one starters, which not a lot of teams can say that they do anyway. And all those guys were day two or day three draft picks, and I think Kendall Vilder could be a solid starter as well for the Bears. It's just you got to get these guys the reps. Instead of kind of taking the two- to three-year approach and just saying, you know what, aging roster, we need to go ahead and kind of slow down how we're going to build this thing here, they went ahead and they accelerated the entire process. And now you have Andy Dalton here, and you're basically – Pushing your chips on the table and saying, hey, we're going to win in 2021, but it's all going to come down to the quarterback position. Or we're confident this is the guy who's going to deliver us a winning team in 2021. So, Andy Dalton, dude, look, he's, let's just be real about Andy Dalton, call it how it is. He's been productive, and he's played out of, has he won a playoff game? Hell no. Nick Foles lucked his way into a Super Bowl MVP because the Eagles... Everything on that year, that team was freaking perfect. What I will say is this, though, the reality of the situation is that Mitch has never won a playoff game. Nick Foles is freaking hot garbage. All right. There's actually rumors. My guy, Nick Kendall, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick Kendall MMH. He texted me today. He's like, look, there's rumors about, um, the Broncos still potentially being in on trades for Nick Foles, Sam Darnold or Gardner Minchu. So the Bears hopefully have a taker for Nick Foles, but it's just like, Nick Foles is garbage. Mitch Trubisky garbage. Andy Dalton's never won a playoff game. But can we be real about something? Dalton isn't an overly terrible quarterback like some of these guys, like the other two were. And I know I'm not going to speak highly of Dalton just because he's not squat. But, yo, if this is going to be the guy you're going to roll with, like that's just going to be who you're going to roll with. And at the end of the day, he inspires confidence in absolutely freaking no one. But the guy's had a better career than the other two but it still gives me zero hope that the bears are going to be any good in 2021. It, it
2: just seems like the Dalton signing was a panic move. I, I, I understand. pace. I don't understand pace's logic, but I guess his thought is, is here's someone new that I can make an argument for to keep my job. What I just, I don't understand is like, it, it just seems like he missed out on, on Wilson. They said, we'll let you know. And he panicked. And I think that's just the reality of it. It's like, he seems to just make these panic moves sometimes where he's like, I have to address the quarterback position this year. I have to go get a free agent tight end, or I need to get someone who's not Leonard Floyd. And and I just think like, you know, the Dalton signing was, was, was deflating. I mean, I, I was sitting in class. It was, and I saw the Dalton signing on my phone and my professor looks at me he's like, Oh, Sam, like you seem really like disheartened. Are you okay? And I go, yeah, my team just signed Annie Dalton. Then he looks at me cold stone eyes and just goes, Man, that really sucks, and just continues the lecture. And like that's that's how that's the best way to summarize it. Like it's just Dalton last year maybe is a little bit exciting because the Bears could have waited out, and maybe you know who knows what happens there. I know Dalton had an okay year with the Cowboys. Cowboys have a ton of weapons and a better offensive line. A healthy Dak Prescott's going to win that team game. So it's it just seems like it's like it's it's like playing on Madden and you're just making these moves because you don't actually know how to run a team. That's that's the best way to summarize it. I can't even fix my head.
3: Hurt. Yeah, man. The only thing that fills my excitement to replace this uh, Bears and like, you know, I'm a big, even though I went to IU, I'm a big Illini fan, you know. Um, um, one of my sisters went there and then they, yeah, so all that stuff. So I had a lot of relatives go to um, um, Illini too, but like, you know, that that that's pain number one because I thought that was a championship team that was giving me two thousand and five vibes. Um, and you say to answer your question about the entire thing, Illinois's been waiting for this for a really long time and it's just like they choked. I know they choked, and it's just whatever. I mean, we Illinois will never see a team like that. I don't know. I mean, unless Brian well, Underwood gets like another play sister Jean on a Sunday. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know, I thought they were gonna at least make the final four and like go go face the like Alabama because Alabama's very very good. I think they're gonna go to the final four, but anyways, but like you know that's pain number one, Illinois losing right to loyola uh pain number two is the Chicago Bears being the Chicago Bears with the a um and pain number three is that it's not really a pain. It's just the betting winnings. I just won a parlay for $110. It's substituting all of this shit right here. Like, you know, my betting winnings are helping me cover my pains with my sports teams. And IU just sucks. Their basketball team just sucks. All right? Their football team, I mean, like, they just had one great season, but, like, they're going to be 5-8 and eight next year. So it doesn't really matter.
0: You want to know the honest-to-God truth, bro? I saw that Illinois game, right? there yeah. and i'm telling you from the very start i was like yo they're going at kofi cockburn um that's yeah. how you say his last name but because again you know i was grading tests as well you know and and i swear to god dude freaking i'm like Lyola's winning this game it was pretty freaking embarrassing because like i go to u of i's like sister school which is university of illinois at chicago and by the way right let me just say this for the record chicago is the greatest city on the planet. When the Bears are winning, but when they're not winning, Chicago is the most depressing town on the planet. You know, but um, dude, it's just frustrating, right? Because it's just like you're sitting here. You know, we're sitting here in mid March. There's a number of free agents available, and it's just like these are guys that you look at, and you're like, okay, the Bears could go ahead and bring these guys in, but you know, it's not going to happen. You know, it's like I said, dude, they I've should've. absolutely
3: they should have, dude. Like they could have went out and got all these guys because if they really cared about winning a franchise, a Super Bowl. You know, like I said to John, you would be dedicated to giving Seattle anything that they want for Russell Wilson. And they didn't, you know, and then, you know, they thought that, like, probably we'll ask him in draft day. Right. But guess what? You said that on draft day, that price is going to double. They're going to want Roquan Smith and some or Eddie Jackson or something like that. Like it doesn't matter, like what contracts you can restructure and who was off the table or not. I think everyone's on the table, whether you restructure your contract or not. It's just gonna fuck you financially if you trade that player. But I think come draft day, it's gonna be more than what the Bears offered last week. That that what Seattle's in decline, and I think um, you know the Bears are gonna get a rookie. But they should have gotten these players. They should have gotten Russell Wilson, right? And if you did that, you had money to extend Allen And There was no real need to give um, Jermaine ifatty five million dollars. You know, I, I I didn't really get that. You know, Amario Edwards, perfect contract. He deserved that contract. You know, Christian Jones. You get all these playmakers. Dude, like the Bears. The Bears had it. Dude, the, they had their ball in their court, and they just they just gave the they just turned it over, man. It's, it's well, what's what's
0: interesting is so here's the thing, right? Is I saw I forgot where I saw this on Twitter, right? Um, but I saw someone tweet out something about Adam Scheff. I'm pretty sure it was Danny two times, right? Which is my nickname for someone I really don't like, but I just don't mute people unless I really need to mute people on Twitter. But Danny two times tweeted this. He's like, yeah, ESPN's Adam Schefter said that the Andy Dalton signing did not come until an hour after the Bears were told they're not getting Russell Wilson. So it basically means you know, the Bears tried and pushed for Russell Wilson. It just didn't happen. And for all the people that are like, oh, at this time, at this time, like, yeah, I get things can change in this league, but I'm not Hinging my hopes on the Bears, basically, because let's be real, right? This is a a front office, and this is a freaking franchise that would choose Andy Dalton over Russell Wilson any day of the week, even if the opportunity for Russell Wilson to be traded somehow happened over the next couple months. But, like, before we get out of here, you know... The Bears have been active at pro days. I mean, they had wide receiver coach Mike Fury at Purdue's pro day, looking at Rondell Moore. Um, they had a couple guys present at Mac Jones pro day as well. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that stuff, though.
2: Give me more in the first round, and give me you know a, a second day quarterback. I'll, I will forget one mistake Pacers made. I love Rondell Moore. Yeah, um, man. his concerns. And I get the Bears are going to probably have Rowan Robinson back, but if if the Bears' plan is not to trade up, which I'm assuming it is, I would love Rondell Moore as a Bears as a as a Bears receiver. He he's got a lot of really nice tools for the NFL. As for Mac Jones, it, I'm not shocked by that. I think the Bears are probably planning on the fact that Mac Jones is going to be the most realistic guy they're going to be able to get. I mean, I would love for Trey Lance to drop. I'm a fan of Trey Lance. Um, I don't think unless the Bears give give the whole farm that they're going to get Will Centerfields, um, depending on what the Jets do. Um, I saw some tweets today about people saying, oh, the Bears are going to trade up to number two. I said, hold your horses. There's no way that's going to happen. But
3: it's going to happen, bro.
2: Mac Jones, I mean, I don't hate Mac Jones. I don't want to overpay for Mac Jones, but I'm glad the Bears are doing their research. I I know I think they met with a couple of other players. Um, I believe they've met with that FSU DB, uh, Asante. I can't think of his name.
0: Samuel Jr.?
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, I oh. know they met with Spencer oh. Brown, who's an offensive tackle oh. prospect. I like that the Bears are doing their homework. Uh, Rondell Moore is a fun, would be a fun player on this team and Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua. I'll is that,
3: um, uh, is Asante Samuel Jr. The, uh, is related to Asante Samuel, the quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, the good oh. quarterback that played back in the day. But like, here's the thing. I'm not People on the Bears, right, just because, like, they related to some guy who was, like, super successful in the NFL. You know, it's just not the way I would do things. But I will say this, like, I Mike Fury and I, you know, you know we
3: talked.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, so, said, yeah. you know, regarding, uh oh, what's his name, Rondo Moore, I mean, Mike Fury and I talked. The wide receivers coach, we talk occasionally in the DMs because we follow each other. I mean, I'm excited about Rondale Moore, but then again, it's just like I feel like there are better. um, He does have an injury history, first off, we have to understand. I feel like there are better options for the Bears, especially at wide receiver, because you know Jalen is not going to slip. Jamar Chase is going to slip. There's a possibility Devontae Smith slips. I just think with the run on quarterbacks, that's going to happen. We are not going to see the Bears draft a wide receiver, especially knowing that Allen Robinson's back for 2021, which again, we didn't even mention Allen Robinson on this show. I think what's going to happen with him is he's honestly, I think in a tag and trade situation and I would be all for it. Like At this point, I'm not even trying to trade for Russell Wilson because I know Russell Wilson's gonna require a mass draft capital purge. You might as well just trade your best playmakers. Like, so trade Alan Robinson, cause he's got the highest value of anyone on the team right now. And then go ahead and just accumulate extra draft capital, because like I said, you gotta have, like, you gotta use the next two years to build if you're gonna stick with Pace and Nagy. But yo, Rondo Moore, you know, interesting prospect, really electric. I just don't see him being the guy for the Bears at 20th overall. Okay, Mac Jones, yo, Mac Jones, and I've talked to people too, like Mark Schofield, he's QB guru. Mark told me Mac Jones has done some Joe Burrow like stuff, but he's like a lesser version of Joe Burrow, which doesn't excite uh, me at all because no way. Joe Burrow yeah, is uh, Bro, Joe Burrow was king in two thousand and nineteen, right? But like I said, good. like Mac Dude, Jones Joe has Brown kind of had
3: forty touchdowns next year, bro. He he's he has the weapons in Cincinnati to do so.
0: Yeah, which, again, you know, it's a freaking smart organization. Once they fired a trash coach, they started building something, you know. But, like, yeah, I like Matt Jones, dude. He can process. I mean, he can certainly freaking read a defense, but he's just not the guy for me, especially knowing that when you look at the NFL today, a lot of the best quarterbacks, their biggest, one of the biggest assets they have is mobility, right? And that's why I just continue to lean towards Justin Fields or Zach Wilson.
3: So both of them yep. are going to. Sit regardless. So you're just wasting a year, right there,
0: right? Yeah. Yo, you playing PS4 right now?
3: No, I, I I I am um, I ran out of battery, so I I'm sitting on my bed edge, my yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, what do you call it? I just, my brother actually just picked the PS5 up, right? And I'm so pissed off, dude, because I've been so busy. I have not had a chance to play it, dude. But anyways, we've been on this thing for like an hour and 10 minutes now. So we're going to get out of here because Sam's got to record gym class villains. I'm super tired. Um, want to wake up at 5 a.m. and go for a run. AJ is tired as well from like pretty sure work today congrats on the new gig yeah. by the way homie but yo follow me on twitter at facebook instagram and tiktok at usaid kosho um follow aj on twitter at aj decide for follow sunshine sam on twitter at sj steve nine i'm gonna get that put on a t-shirt bro and then follow the podcast on twitter guys um at barely underscore pod so or that's we our more,
3: we get more flowers we could do merch so follow us like yeah
0: for real like follow us because then we'll come up with dope sayings like i got a haircut last monday so i was feeling fresher than produce you feel me bro or over the weekend i was feeling beautiful like the weather so we're gonna be back next week y'all we'll bring the big daddy energy all right sam's laughing sam i'm gonna tell you right now every single group of guys from india or pakistan like me and aj there's always the one white guy right i don't know maybe we'll have austin on next week but yeah peace out y'all we'll catch y'all next week